With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. Winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Welcome to Against All Enemies Podcast. This is uh, the week, actually, I guess it's the day for recording purposes anyway, following the first leg of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. So I think we've got, you know, a different level of excitement between our guests here with uh, only only Navy pulling out the, the victory on the weekend. Justin is not with us today. He is still uh, doing active reserves. He was a little overzealous. He originally said he was going to try and use the Navy Gateway Wi-Fi to get on here, but I think he quickly learned that that was not going to uh, work, not be functional, which is what I assumed when he said that hours ago. Uh, I did not anticipate he'd be able to get on here, but I was I thought maybe Navy Wi-Fi, Navy Gateway Wi-Fi has improved since I got out, but apparently that's not the case. I'm sure similar for the Army and Air Force uh, in terms of... Yeah, yeah we use internet from like literally 10, 20 years ago <laughs> still. The Air Force, Scott, you might, you guys might have the best internet, huh? Uh, I think it depends mm-hmm. on what you're using. If you're on like actual Wi-Fi, I've never really used it. Anytime it'd be like in a building, it'd always be commercial Wi-Fi. True. And that was always fine. Oh, but... wow. Okay. Again, the things you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so Justin's not with us because of that. Hopefully we'll get him on here in the next week or so. But um, yeah, not, not I guess, the best weekend in terms of against all enemies, the family. We'd love to see Army pull out that win. Obviously, in the Commander-in-Chiefs, when it's a leg of that matchup, you can't have three winners on the weekend. Um, but to start off first, let's kind of recap this Army two-lane game. First of all, Kayla, I know you're kind of our resident Army contributor here on the podcast. You were actually at the Navy Air Force game. So I wonder how early you got into the press box to be able to watch the Army Tulane game, or how did you keep up with that? Were you able to see any of it uh, pregame before the Navy Air Force game? No, yeah, I did. I wanted, I left my house at like 11-ish <laughs> because I was trying to allocate for traffic, and I knew they were going to have the game on. Um, so I caught I caught uh, three quarters of it um, and then rewatched uh, some of it a little bit earlier today. And it like the game ran literally right into the top of the kickoff uh, for Navy Air Force. Um, but and it, it was kind of crazy because up until about the fourth quarter, that's when I was kind of you know rooting for them to to pull through. Um, this was I think this might have been the only time where my prediction was right that Army lost, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean it was. It was a little challenging because I think, you know, seeing Kelvin Hopkins, you know, back back on the field, he I think did great kind of as an individual. He recorded some seasons high, some season highs um, himself. He uh, netted 170 uh, yards rushing, you know, through the air, 130 on the ground. Um, so he had a relatively like good game. They got a fake punt um, that was well executed, but ended up being a no go because uh, of a holding call. Um, but I think overall, just Um, The passing game for Tulane was just, like, absolutely ridiculous. We talked about it before, right? Justin McMillan um, and Amari Jones specifically, that pair just together, um, they were just an awesome duo. Um, I think both teams kind of had a a couple hiccups, but um, overall I think they were kind of just outplayed in that passing game, which I think would have helped. Um, But we've talked, you know, at length before, just service academies and kind of what they're used to doing um, and kind of what they're comfortable doing. And I think their defense also kind of forced Army to, to not be able to convert where they needed to. And, and sort of we kind of ended up uh, with a score that, uh, you know, was not, not so great for Army fans. So it was a rough weekend, a rough weekend for Army football. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine the strategy was necessarily for for Hop, Kelvin Hopkins to have twenty four pass attempts. Um, yeah. For, the, for it, but if you look at just the box score, the first thing that jumped out at me was this was the first game all year where Army did not win the time of possession battle. And that was, I think, you mentioned Tulane's passing game, but they were also able, I mean, they ran for 324 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. But yeah, 15 of 21 and 201 yards through the air. So that's a relatively balanced attack for a Tulane squad Mm -hmm. that just, I know Justin and I have have spoke at length about how much we've seen them improve year over year over the last three or four years just because they're a a divisional opponent that Navy sees all the time. Um, But it just seemed like, Army had a really hard time getting Tulane off the field, with the exception of like the first fumble to start the game uh, when Justin McMillan just had a weird, odd fumble. But then yeah. after that, it was, I think, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then in the second half, Tulane was able to score touchdowns on three of their first four possessions. So it just seemed like Army was not able to get their opponents off the field, which obviously was their identity in 2018 and doesn't seem to be quite matching that so far early on in 2019. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And kind of like you said, on both sides of the ball for this Tulane team, um, after that kind of fumble, it's like they, whatever they needed to figure out, they figured it out and kind of got into the groove. Um, and Army wasn't really able um, to kind of, you know, have a foothold. They also held him to like 220 rushing yards, which is pretty low uh, for this Army team. Um, and we've seen, you know, I, I, you know, we've all seen better. Um, so it, it was just kind of an interesting game. Good, but like on a on a slightly positive note, good to see Kelvin Hopkins out there, um, you know, making some good plays. Um, like I said, they tried with the fake punt, so that was interesting to kind of see them operate and try something different. So I enjoyed them. I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, Cole Christensen, just the usual suspects out there doing well. But as a whole, as a unit, I just don't think that they, you know, they didn't play as play as well as they needed to. Sure. And Scott, were you, were you able to uh, watch this game before the Navy Air Force kickoff? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, wasn't focusing too heavily <laughs> on it, but I think just the just the takeaways from it. I mean, like you want to look at the key stats, right? So the things that have made Army so successful under Jeff Munkin has been their first down efficiency um, on third and fourth downs, and so six for fifteen on third down and two for four on fourth down. That's not going to get you anywhere. Other hallmarks is not turning the ball over. Um, and possession, and we had an interception, um, an, an Army interception, which was thrown by their quarterback. Um, was that Kelvin Hopkins that threw that? I think so. Backup? Yeah, I just wanted to double-check that because I was almost mixing it up with Olsen now that I think about it. But um, And then, obviously, they weren't able to possess the ball. So like you said, Austin, they weren't able to, to get Tulane off the field. Which is a problem um, when you're when you're trying to run the same kind of offense that they have been for the last couple of years. And I think what it goes to show is that maybe there's kind of some idea that we've been right about the fact that Army's schedule, uh, it really makes them look a lot better than they are. Um, but I think at the same time that shows that what Jeff Mungin has been able to do for the last three years is really, really hard. And for, it's not necessarily the most sustainable thing ever to continue to, to win out um, 11, 12 games a season when this is the brand of football that you play. So tough look for them. I think they're still a very good team. Uh, I, I like what I see with Calvin Hopkins a lot. And um, I mean, the perspective just, it's really kind of changes. And this was just, it was just a rough weekend for me. I got to be honest. So it's kind of tempered how I think about West Point And I feel a little bit bad because I know misery loves company. So. <laughs> well, no, I, I think if you look at some other key stats in the box score, Army only committed four penalties. They were much better than Tulane, who committed nine. They won the turnover battle. Uh, Tulane had two fumbles lost. Army just threw one pick. So when you look at the little things, you're like, okay, maybe they're doing the fundamental things right. And then you see, hey, fourth down efficiency, they were two for four, which we've talked about, what, 2018? They were at 90% or something crazy for fourth down conversion uh, attempts. And, you know, if you go 50% in the game, you might be one for two. But once you're having to do it four times, you only succeed twice. Now you're turning over the ball twice. Uh, one of those was at the end of the first half, I remember. But all that saying is, yeah, like you need to be able to kind of sustain that on a weekend basis and a year-end basis to have that running success. And when I think of Jeff Munkin, I think he's probably the closest in terms of how he executed an offense to Paul Johnson. And Paul Johnson saw various levels of success at Georgia Tech. You know, like they've mm-hmm. they they won the division, they made it to the conference championship game, they were in the Orange Bowl, and then you know, like a year or two later, they win four games, and they're back up to eight nine wins, and it's just. It's tough because when you play that brand of football, 
you've got to win all the little X's and O's. You gotta you gotta win every line of the box score, and if you don't, then it's going to be more and more challenging. Um, which is so cliche to say because you can say that about any offense, but I think yeah. maybe that's kind of what is seeping through with year. I guess what is this? Was this fourth year for Jeff? Whatever it is now in terms of comparing it to what we saw last year, because Army doesn't seem to be firing all cylinders, but. To all that, Justin and I have talked about how strong Tulane is, so I'm wondering, to kind of wrap up this discussion on this game, what are your two takeaways regarding, is this more of a story on Army, or is this telling us more of a tale of what Tulane is in 2019? I think this is definitely a Tulane story. Um, Like I said, I think just the improvement, and if you, you know, this past season, like I said, you know, Justin McMillan, you know, being a transfer, um, you know, this the, hap- the guys that they have, Amari Jones, I'm trying to think of, I can't pronounce his last name the correct way, um, but they have another transfer from Oklahoma. Um, you know, they have some awesome wide receivers who are really fast and just throwing some deep passes, and it seems like their just communication is really great. Um, and I think that that kind of may be more of, uh, of kind of a rounded out, you know, team is, is why they came out kind of with the victory rather than Army not necessarily playing at their best, um, so to speak, and end in losing, I think. I mean, it's all about what is the expectation in my mind. And at the beginning of the season, what did Army say that they were going to do? They said they were going to go 13-0. and So now, fair or not, I'm going to hold them to that standard. I think it absolutely speaks to what Army thinks that they were capable of. And I think it speaks to what they are capable of going forward. So what are these other tests that are even going to be on their schedule? Tulane looks like it was really the toughest game until maybe Navy. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think, I think maybe army deserves a little bit of a slap on the wrist for this, but at the same time, this weekend was going to prove, um, something. It was either going to prove that I was a little bit correct that I, I don't know why you guys are getting all high and mighty on these AAC teams, or it was going to prove that maybe Tulane is the real deal and we need to keep an eye on the AAC for the rest of the season. Um, and I, th- and obviously I think we've proven that the AAC is coming out really strong this year and Tulane might be a team to watch. And I mean, you were talking about um, today offline. We were talking about the AAC power rankings, and that conference is is something, man. <laughs> with with Memphis and and uh, SMU, yeah. it's it's the real deal. So um, I think it's a little bit of both, but I, I think we we kind of can't get away from the fact that Army is really having a little bit of a departure um, from their from their normal style of play that has gotten them to where they are today. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think they need to, need to get back on course. Yeah, I would, I would probably tend to agree. Probably a little bit of both. Um, we predicted Army, or we projected Army to go 10-3 and three this year when we did our picks a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and that's still very possible. I think, you know, we yeah. had them losing Michigan. I forget. I know Tulane, it wasn't 100% either one. Like, let's say we had Tulane loss as well. When you look at their schedule, you kind of mentioned that, Scott, in the future. Like, 10-3 and three is, is still, I would say, a very likely scenario. I'm not going to say it's the most likely, but it's still very probable. Let's say that. Um, so I don't know how much you can take away from just looking at this game because you know Tulane is, is better than they've been in years past, and you know Army is probably not as strong as they were last year, but the schedule still benefits them to figure out, find a way to get, you know, 10 wins. Uh, maybe it ends up being nine, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out as the year goes on, I guess. Uh, let's shift gears now to the first leg of the Commander-in-Chief trophy, which was the Navy Air Force game. Um, Air Force coming over to Annapolis to take on the Navy Midshipmen and what turned out to be a pretty thrilling game. Obviously, I am partial to the result, uh, but <laughs> it, I had flashbacks of what happened in 2017 uh, in terms of just how that game unfolded, where Navy had a lead, kind of blew it late, and then was able to kind of come back in the final drive to have a, an exhilarating touchdown for the win. Um, so let's let's go to, to Kayla first, because Kayla, you were in the press box before you might get the honest opinions from from Scott and myself, I'm curious to talk. You mentioned a little bit. You can touch up a little bit about on your experience there in the press box itself. Don't want that to be the main issue of your answer here, but also talk about what uh, what the game felt like, kind of being neutral, and how you saw the game unfold um, from from the bird's eye view. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Like I mentioned before, it's it's crazy to kind of be up in the press box and hearing uh, what we had, of course, you know, for the uh, of course the game, the Air Force coordinators in the other room. Um, and just kind of their reactions in real time and, and, and kind of watching the game unfold when rather, you know, you're used to sitting and watching it on your couch. It was, it was a great sold-out game. 
um, I think the third largest crowd that they had uh, for a Navy Air Force game um, at Navy. So a lot of people, um, mids rushing the field at the end. So just just an awesome, you know, just something to witness. Um, but, I mean, game-wise, and, you know, we sing, you know, his praises and Malcolm Perry and this passing arm and this just – it was just awesome to see. Um, it, this kind of the Navy team and just being really, really creative. It was it was interesting. It's kind of one of those things where you talk about so many college football teams, and we I've said this before personally about Florida State as being a fourth quarter team. And when do we you know pull it out all the stops? Um, and it this game really literally went up until the last <laughs> 22 seconds um, if you watched it. Uh, so it was really interesting. I will say um, for Air Force, if I had to pick like you know, an MVP, I hope I pronounce his name. I've heard it a bazillion times. Conky, the kicker. Yeah, Jake Conky. Yeah, he, you know, I'll get Air Force, I'll give it to you and your kicker. When your special teams, when it's time come to perform, they perform because that literally um, was how, you know, Air Force was putting up points on the board. And so this Navy, you know, the Navy defense just was out of this world and really forcing Air Force into a corner. Um, they had trouble converting themselves and, and so it was a lot, of, a lot of good play calling on both sides of the ball uh, for this Navy team um, and really kind of just up until, you know, like I said, the last, you know, 22 seconds, we had a fumble and a recovery and a fumble and, and, and a touchdown. So it, it was an awesome game and a, a really great ending. But it was really clear uh, just to see Malcolm Perry as a leader um, on this team and just the communication and, and how well uh, these guys, you know, talk about, um, you know, running the ball and the decisions that they make, uh, they know they clearly know what they're doing, and you can kind of see that. Um, and we talked about that in the post game presser as well, uh, is kind of just how well they they can kind of read the ball and make the decision, and it, it clearly worked out well for them. Yeah, what, what's crazy is that if you remember last week, I think we talked about who was the better team in terms of matchups, and you know, Navy receivers versus Air Force DBs. We did all that kind of, mm-hmm. and I remember saying, oh, well, you know, like I favor Navy special teams, and then to see the complete opposite happen, right? Where yeah. uh, Justin and I had some texts going on between the game. We're like, man, if Air Force manages to pull this out, then that kicker's got to get the uh, the CIC MVP because he he was keeping Air Force alive through this. It seemed like in the whole first half, you could argue through the first three quarters, like, you know, obviously Navy was probably the more dominant team, but it's, it didn't seem like Navy could quite get over that hump and put the game out of reach. And that was a large part due to... Uh, uh, those made field goals from you know they weren't 20 30 yard field goals i think two of them are beyond 40 yards or so um but anyway so on that scott um your thoughts in regards to to how this unfolded um obviously 21 9 i think is what it was at the break uh and then a a pretty solid turnaround a late fourth quarter push um but yeah had had to bring back memories to you for 2017 as well i'm sure yeah I still am trying to make sense of really what happened. Um, I mean, I stand by what I said. I think Air Force was a better team. I think that we could have, we should have won. I mean, look across the board at the stats. Yeah, Donald Hammond only completed 10 of his 25 passes, but 205 yards. Um, I mean, rushing was solid. Benjamin Waters had 128 yards receiving. I said this too. I, I think every player on Air Force um, in all the starting positions had, had highlights that would, that would kind of define their career, but we just weren't able to come out with the win. Um, how we were able to, and, and I can, and just naming a few of those, like Donald Hammond's 47 or uh, 42 yard run was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Parker, Parker Ferguson had that, that strip after Air Force fumbled the ball. Uh, Mo Fafita and Jordan Jackson both had, um, a couple of like one, two stops at, at fourth down stands, third and fourth down stands that were just huge. And so seeing this, and then obviously Jay Conkey uh, had perfect field goal. And it's just like, I, I just, like I said, I don't know what, what to think of what happened. And it's like, how were we able to stop a quarterback from Colorado who had eight inches and 40 pounds on Malcolm Perry, Malcolm Perry played in pain the entire game. You could see yeah. And so it's There's just a couple like, of times I'm, he, I'm trying he to came out. <laughs> yeah. And, and I also, and, and I appreciate what Kayla saw and Kayla was at the game and you got to understand that I'm watching this through a different lens, but I saw Malcolm Perry. I didn't see teamwork and leadership. I saw out scheming and I saw Malcolm Perry putting the team on his back a few times and it working out really well. And I, 
I have to commend him. I mean, he did what you need to do to, to win those games against a very tough Air Force team. But I, I think that Navy's defensive coordinator, um, I mean, we just had no answers for it. And they even mentioned towards the end of the game, who the, the corner who was playing on Gerard Sanders, um, huge physical disparity between the two. Gerard Sanders was way bigger than him. And so you could just see that across the board. So it was just really tough from that standpoint. And there's a lot of other things that I kind of want to get to, but I just hated it. But, I mean, I, I give Navy all the props in the world for what they did. Um, I mean, that those two touchdowns in the first half um, were basically the exact same two plays once they yep. – or, the, or the, the exact same set of plays after they crossed the 50 with that long pass and then the, the sweep around the side. So it's just – it's tough, and I and I think this is me as an as an Air Force fan, as an against all enemies person who kind of pulls for everybody. Uh, someone had to win at the end of the day, and I think it was a thrilling game, and I think it's good for Service Academy football. But it's just like for me, it feels like the season is over in October in a lot of ways. Oh just, man, uh, no! <laughs> and we <laughs> I mean, not it, already. It, it just, that's my, that's my expectation. And we we can so. get to that to that more in a second, but. I, yeah, my thoughts on the game, I mean, I kind of look at this in almost three different phases. I look at, and it's funny, you draw the, the big two passing plays that led to the touchdown drive in the first half, but I think of the first mm-hmm. basically like three quarters, I think of Navy defense. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Brian Newberry put an excellent scheme together and really just challenged Air Force, and it just didn't look like Air Force could ever get comfortable on the offensive side of the ball, but then it switched. And then Air Force was able to put two late touchdown drives together, um, both in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden, you're like, what is happening? Like, you felt like, at least as a Navy fan, I, you felt like Navy should have been winning the game by that point. Uh, and then that third phase of the game for me was literally the last drive, where is exactly what Scott said. Malcolm Perry just kind of put that on his back and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this, fellas. Uh, that's, that's the way it looked. Um, and I think that's what you have to do in that situation. You have to allow uh, your playmaker, your stud, to be able to, to do that. And I think Navy coaching staff smart enough to make that happen and um yeah the amount of pain he must have been playing through you could just tell right and i don't know because he still overthrew someone and i forget exactly who he overthrew now or it was it was in that last drive maybe the first play of the drive and it was still like a 40 to 50 yard like throw it seemed like and he's still overthrowing guys like man your shoulder has to be numb like i don't know how you're feeling anything right now um yeah it was it was really weird because there was like he would come out and then like olsen would go in and then, like, you'd be in, like, we'd hear, like, okay, so, like, we're trying to make sure, like, that's who's playing. And then be like, okay, Perry's back out. And I'm like, so, is he, like, <laughs> what, what's the decision? Like, what's going on down there? So it seemed like he was really kind of kind of pushing himself, you know, to his limit, really. Well, you think about it, the one play that he sat out at one point led to the fumble. It was kind of a prolonged handoff exchange to Nelson Smith from Perry Olsen, the backup. I mean, it was in Nelson Smith's hands, and he should not have fumbled that. I'm sure everyone will say yeah. that. But it just didn't look like the exchange was as smooth or as orchestrated as it usually was with Malcolm Perry. And we talk about that in the triple option all the time. Um, and so I think Malcolm Perry sees that. And he's like, you know, like, I'm not going to allow this to happen. And he's gonna, he was going to play through it. And, I, I, you know, if he doesn't, I don't think Navy wins that game. I think it's safe to say that, right? If, if he's not in that fourth quarter, that's, Agreed. that's an Air Force win. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that touchdown was all... That it was solidified all it. That, that whole so. drive. So, well, I will give... C.J. Williams, mad props on the catch. Um, that was the the second catch, the one that, that Keenan or I almost said it again, one that Malcolm <laughs> Perry actually threw. Uh, it was just a phenomenal grab that I think deserves a lot of credit for being able to put that touchdown drive together. That was on second and 20, which let me tell you, when we got the 10-yard the holding penalty or whatever it was, I was like, not again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're going to lose this based upon some silly penalty that was literally our demise in 2018. So... I think that's a big win off of Navy's back. I think they still have much to prove. We talk about the AAC, the AAC West. It is a challenge. Uh, we'll talk about future opponents. But um, all in all, if you're if you're an outsider and you're just watching football and you don't have a pool for Navy, Army, or Air Force, I'd have to like that your chances of enjoying that game uh, and maybe increasing the possibility of tuning in to, to both the Air Force-Army game and the Army-Navy game in December. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will cover the previews into the upcoming week of college football. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back uh, to the Against All Enemies podcast. We just got done recapping the Army Tulane game as well as the Air Force Navy game, the first leg of the Commander in Chief's Trophy, which I guess, and I hate making Scott, I guess, more upset or, or kind of down <laughs> in the dumps now. At this point, you know that the trophy will not be in Colorado Springs. It'll either be won outright by Army, won outright by Navy, or it'll be retained uh, at West Point if everyone goes one and one because the way the Commander in Chief's Trophy works, if you do not know, is if it's a three-way tie, one-on-one, whoever has it coming into the season gets to keep it for at least one more year. But you certainly would rather win outright than retain. Uh, safe to say that for sure. Um, but going to Army first, who still has a chance to both win it outright and retain, they uh, have a Western Kentucky squad this week. Um, Western Kentucky is 3-2. and two. Uh, Army as well as 3-2. and two. I just look at the ESPN's Football Power Index, which we like to knock, but also always like to reference. Show an Army with a 56% chance of winning. Western Kentucky with a 40, uh, 43.7. So when you look at this game, it's definitely closer on the 50-50 scale. Army has to head to uh, the Hilltoppers, which will make a little bit more of a challenge. When you look back at Western Kentucky's first game of the year, they dropped it to Central Arkansas. So I think we made a joke early on. We're like, man, Army's schedule just got even easier. Like Western Kentucky's <laughs> not even going to be. But they've actually put yeah. a, a decent decent performance since then. Beat FIU, uh, lost to Louisville, which... Yeah, it's, mm. Yeah, sure, but it is still an ACC school, so I guess you know that's what it is. Um, beat a UAB team that's had a decent year and had a decent year in 2018, and beat Old Dominion, held them to just three points uh, in the most recent week. So, uh, Kayla, Army, Western Kentucky, coming up this weekend. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, first of all, I'm just I'm hoping off the sheer like you know loss of this weekend and having. You know, Kelvin Hopkins, Kelvin Hopkins back that this is just going to be like an outright win for them, not necessarily a blowout, um, because I do think that Western Kentucky um, kind of has some things going for them in their quarterback, um, Ty Story, um, who his is first year. He's a grad student, um, but he came over uh, from Arkansas, um, you know, just has been, you know, pretty storied. Uh, football team um, but I mean even you know their last kind of matchup this past week he completed 28 or excuse me 21 of his 28 attempts um, you know so he's they're having they have a pretty good I think communication in this in an almost similar vein of Tulane of having just a really awesome QB and some awesome wide receivers um, who both know how to kind of carry the ball and have that you know really good communication um, so I'm kind of hoping this is a, a win for them Um because of coming off this loss, but like you said, it, not necessarily putting everything on kind of, you know, ESPN, but they have a chance also, you know, to lose as well. I think head coach, um, this is his first year. He's coming over from Tennessee. He was the offensive coordinator there. Um, and there's some history about kind of why he left and wasn't kind of, um, you know, doing well and, and doing what he was supposed to do while he was there at Tennessee with Pruitt. So I don't, I don't know, it kind of could go either way, but I'm hoping kind of Army just gets into kind of, you know, Kind of the the smoothness and kind of into the schedule. Um, Kelvin Hopkins is healthy, um, and they should be able to kind of knock this out. Because, like you said, I think this, aside from last week, and I think I had Hawaii too, as well as I guess you know Navy, you know, counting out other service academy teams. This is kind of like, uh, you know, kind of they've kind of played their their hardest, I guess, opponents. Um, you know, from a fan for from an outside perspective. So I'm hoping this is you know this is an all out win for them. Yeah, I, I would have to say that I, I like Army's chances. I like them together. I still like it this year. I think when you talk about what needs to happen, it's just execution. Scott likes to always mm -hmm. reference that you know what they're going to do. But this is one of those games where they just have to do what everyone knows they're going to do and just be the better football team. Um, I think yeah. when you look at Western Kentucky, they like to throw the ball. They average 235 yards passing and just 97 yards rushing. So definitely heavy on the passing side, and that's uh, um, prevalent with the starting quarterback as well, which is uh, Stephen Duncan. 790 yards, five touchdowns, but, only, but still four picks. So a QBR of just 32.8. So they like to throw the ball, but they're not necessarily that great at it. So I really yeah. also think Navy can, or Army can cause disruption there in terms of the DBs and getting pressure to the quarterback. 
um, which might help them kind of, I don't want to say like get the season back on track. I know when I look at Army Twitter, there's some people that are very upset and, and not necessarily <laughs> the most confident going into this, but I think three and two coming into this week was kind of Army's worst case scenario, and they're there. Yeah. Um, but in some ways, it's kind of what was supposed to happen. So like everything, if you look at it that way, is still out in front of you. Uh, easier for me to say after Navy having a three-win season last year and, and Army had so much success. Um, but Scott, uh, have you have any thoughts about this Army-Western Kentucky matchup? Yeah, I think this could be... I would be very cautious um, if I'm an Army fan about Army winning this game over a slightly underwhelming Western Kentucky team but not getting back to basics because they can certainly squeak out a game um, with a few interceptions mm-hmm. with not getting those third and fourth down conversions and not even having possession of the ball the entire time. But I would be nervous about that because they have a pretty easy stretch of games that could kind of lull them into a false sense of confidence that they don't need to get back to basics and play that brand of football that's gotten them to where they are um, before they have to go and play Air Force because it legitimately looks like the toughest games that are left on their schedule are going to be Air Force, Hawaii, and Navy. Um, and, and then the kind of question is like, well, so, so what's next for army? I mean, obviously being independent, you put yourself behind the curve for when it comes to bowl games. So really, I would say the only thing that's really reasonable on their slate would be probably just winning the commander chiefs trophy, which according to, I mean, and, and there's no stock that we can really take in this Our air force was favored in the FBI over Navy last weekend. We or this weekend. We saw what happened. Um, but Air Force is heavily favored over Army and the FBI. I think it's like 75% around there. So, um, yeah, I, I could see Jeff Munkin just kind of going for broke and starting to abandon that very rudimentary, fundamental style of football to just get wins and continue on the path that he's been on. Um, but if that is the case, then then I think having sort of attainable goals that would make this season successful for Army um, – might be a little bit of a challenge down the stretch. So I'm I'm super intrigued. I think this is probably going to be one of the most meaningful matchups of the season in terms of b- this being a turning point for Army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I want to go back to Western Kentucky. Obviously, that loss to Central Arkansas kind of sticks out, and that was week one. And they they beat a UAB team. That's that's not bad. I mean, they've, they do have the ability, I think, to win this game. But a little bit to your point, Scott, I think if, if Army just plays their brand of football, they should be able to win. I don't I don't think they even need to necessarily play their best football to win this game, but it'll be much more appealing if they can just play what Army likes, you know, Army football in terms of what it's been, what their identity is, and kind of get through that and just have a nice, solid win, and that's really going to be a turn the corner for this team. Uh, of note, Army opened up as 6.5-point favorites, and right now it's at 5.5. So it shifted a little bit in favor of Western Kentucky. In order to watch this game, I think you have to, have to download the stadium app. I believe that's where you're going to see it. Um, nice. So, yeah, Air Force, West, Mountain West, you guys know about a little bit of that, huh? <laughs> no, all about the all about the apps. you got to sign up for trials, promise to name your your firstborn child stadium, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's yeah, why I will say that the move to the AAC, at least for, for Navy, obviously the home games are always at CBS Sports, but now that we're able to see a lot of the AAC games, at least on some ESPN family network, is, is a blessing for sure. All right, so let's do a quick run around the room. Army, Kentucky, who you got? Kayla, who's going to win? I've got Army with the win this uh, this cup upcoming weekend. All right, are they going to co- are yeah. they going to cover? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, Scott. Um, yeah, I got Army, but just kind of hedging. I don't I don't like the cover. Yeah. I also don't see them winning in, in a weird way. I don't. I can't realistically see them only winning by like two points or three points. But I also just don't like. I don't like that cover. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure I'll get into that later on in the week. But it is kind of a, a sneaky game where I think Army wins no matter what. Um, but you want them to win comfortably. If Army wins this game and doesn't cover, I don't know how I'm feeling as a as a West Point fan, if, to be honest. Yeah. Um, all right. So shifting gears now to Air Force's in conference game against Fresno State. Fresno State was actually one of the more uh, I don't know if they were. So when you look back at kind of preseason of what was supposed to happen in the Mountain West, you had Boise, you had Utah State, but Fresno State was kind of probably the next team mentioned up there. Is that safe to say, Scott? I would I would say even more so than Utah okay, State. Okay. So yeah. Really, oh, really. Even even with Jordan Love. Um, being a, a pretty powerful quarterback for Utah State, I think they had very high expectations. The season was basically supposed to finish up with 
uh, Fresno State winning the West and Boise State clearly winning the Mountain Division and then that being kind of a, sh- a face-off. So, yeah, have not lived up to expectations. Yeah, no, I mean, their, their two losses are to USC and Minnesota, which I guess are supposed to be respectful respectable losses if you think of, like, G5, P5 stuff. But USC is, you know, not the USC, the, the Reggie Bush days or anything, yeah. right? Um, and Minnesota, always a weird team. Um, stellar year, though, at 5-0 and right now. But always kind of that team, I feel like they get to fast start, so they kind of play, you know, the old-school powerhouse football and then, you know, drop some games as the season goes on. But uh, Fresno State still has an ability to, to do well in the Mountain West, and I'm, I'm curious to see, Scott, how you pose them in this potential. Um, would it be an upset? Who's the? I don't even know who's the favorite. What What's supposed to happen here, and what do you think is going to happen? So I would say for Mountain West folks, um, it's supposed to be – it was uh, – at the beginning of the season, it was supposed right. to be – fresno state being favored um i mean we i know we keep going back to the fbi but it's <laughs> it's so hard to really say what these teams are going to do because fresno state has their only wins have come across a um an fcs team with sacramento state who's who's been a weird team in in the fcs so they had a couple blowout wins over fellow fcs teams and then um and then a couple closer games in losses like so it's tough to, to really pick anything out of that. And then Fresno State also beat um, New Mexico State, who is so bad that they were literally kicked out of a conference, and they are now forced independence when they were kicked out of the big sky. So, And both of those games against Sacramento State and New Mexico State are probably close, a little close for comfort, um, considering how bad badly they should have beaten those teams going into the season. So against New Mexico State... It was thirty to seventeen, and against Sacramento State, thirty four twenty. So I, and I don't know what to think about that. You know, were they were they kind of resting guys, saying this is going to be an easier game? Um, it's it's really hard to say. So, I mean, I didn't particularly see a whole lot out of Fresno State coming into the season. I think people were high on their coaching staff, um, but they do have a graduate transfer in Jose Reya, uh, Reina. And he or Jorge Reyna, excuse me, I'll have to cut that. But he throws the ball a lot, and it just seems kind of like one of those stock Mountain West teams that I've talked about. I would say, in terms of skill level, they're probably somewhere a little bit better than San Jose State. Um, and I know that Austin, you <laughs> don't like San Jose State at all. You think they're really bad, but uh, I mean, when we're talking about that margin, I think they're they're just a little bit better. So. I don't know, and like I said, I, I'm I tried to come with a little bit more positivity, a little bit more energy. You got to understand that I will have a little, I'll be a little more positive and looking forward by by the time this podcast actually comes out. But it's the day now after the loss to Navy, so even looking forward, I'm just like, all right, so now we've got to follow up a loss to a team that's in our conference but out of our division. We've already lost to Boise State, so it's kind of like looking forward for the Mountain West Conference at the end of the season. How's this all gonna? lay out and then I've also just got my thoughts about like even if we make it to a bowl it's just going to be a government contractor bowl the Lockheed Martin the Bell helicopter whatever it is and I'm sorry I I apologize that just doesn't excite me (laughs) um so yes I'm gonna watch this game I'll 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 likely probably pay more attention to the army game this weekend though if I can get it yeah that's true and I'm pretty sure it's on stadium we'll have to verify that beforehand but uh yeah, and I was just trying to pull up the, the S&P Plus to see kind of where uh, Fresno was falling. Um, that's from, from Bill Connolly, for those who don't know. He used to be with SB Nation, now with ESPN. He has Fresno State at 77th in the country, and he has Air Force sitting at 56th. Uh, so hmm. usually that's a sign. He hasn't done his projections for this week's game. Um, he's really good against the spread, by the way. So if you're ever curious into what his projections are. I don't think uh, Gavin necessarily loves it, but um, I know, I think it was last week or the week before, he was bragging like he was 23-4 and four against the spread or something, I don't know, whatever it was. Um, something, to, something to look at. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the story here is, this is a home game for Air Force, right? So I think part of this is, it's a similar story to Army. It's easy to say that after a loss, but it's, it's a game where you can get them back on track. I know you're disappointed because you say this season there's nothing left for them, but... It is going to be a tough task. Obviously, you can't get Commander Chiefs trophy. Um, you probably need Boise to lose two games before you have a shot at a Mountain West title now, right? Because you lost to them head-to-head. So that's not necessarily going to be in your favor. 
Um, but this is still a chance at a good win uh, over a decent and well-respected Fresno team. Air Force was opened up as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. It has shifted to just a four-point favorite, so they are favorite in Vegas Insider right now. Shifting in Fresno's favor probably as a reflection of what happened in the Navy-Air Force game, but realize Air Force was just 23 seconds away from winning that game, and then you know how do people overreact to that? Couldn't tell you. Um, Kayla, though, curious uh, your thoughts. Air Force-Fresno State. Um, I, I'm hoping, one, for the sheer fact that this is coming off a loss, and two, that this is also home, because we, you know, we talked about uh, kind of the home field advantage for um, you know, the CIC game, specifically this Navy Air Force game. So I'm hoping that they can pull this out. Uh, Scott kind of touched on it on um, you know, their grad student, his kind of passing um, average and, and kind of how he is where he, on his attempts. Um, in terms of their special teams, their kicker is also pretty good. Last week he was three for three. Um, Caesar or Cesar uh, Silva, um, and so you know, and kind of match for match, they may be kind of on the same playing field in that kind of term. But all in all, I don't necessarily think Fresno State is that impressive to the fact to the point where I'm worried. But also, you know, in sort of a, a negative aspect, coming off of what we saw this past weekend, it was you could you could see the box score and think that Air Force was going to be able to pull out the victory, right? Um, and so I'm hoping that this is sort of a, a better lookout for them, you know, traveling back home, um, even regardless of knowing that, you know, a couple of weeks from now, the chances are, you know, whatever bowl game that they're going to get and not being able to get the CIC trophy, but still playing uh, so that they can get this one out because I definitely think that they need it. Yeah, and that's uh, my hope too is obviously to, to minimum get Air Force to a bowl game. I, I haven't gone and looked at the schedule entirely i know a couple weeks ago they were favored to win every game by fpi so it's very probable to use that term again that they're going to get six wins uh, but there's a bigger discussion here and i don't think we're there yet so i don't think we have that discussion but after back-to-back five and seven seasons you, you got to wonder what happens if it starts getting closer to that even at six and six um how air force fans and troy calhoun how that relationship is holding up with the new ad and everything but that's not for today's discussion let's wait a couple weeks and see if we need to have that discussion is that fair i think that's i i I wrote a lot of notes yesterday (laughs) you're getting prepared kind of an exercise i don't think you would agree we're not there yet right but it's on the radar no no i i wouldn't i wouldn't agree with that you think we're there now Oh, I, I want. Oh that, my God, Scott! I want that discussion to happen right now, but but um, let's give it a week. <laughs> let's see what happens in this game. And let's Sit on your thoughts after this weekend. Give yourself time. Here's to... the thing: you can also give us our offline thoughts. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, we'll talk uh, Navy Tulsa. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about all three service academies. What's in over 2019, and then we'll wrap up. So we'll be back after a quick break. All right, so yeah, we were just talking offline there a little bit. We did talk Scott off the ledge from that whole conversation. Uh, we're still, I think, weeks away. Hopefully, we don't even have to have that discussion. Hopefully, Air Force turns it around, and we're talking about a 5-2 and two Air Force team or something here in a few weeks. Safe to say that? That's possible, right? Kayla's are, Kayla's yeah. are optimist, too. I'm, I'm positive. You know, I, I'm rooting for everyone here. All right, so let's <laughs> shift gears now to the Navy-Tulsa game. So Navy is traveling to Tulsa, Oklahoma, a game of the night kickoff, 7.30 p.m. on ESPNU. Looking at that FPI, you've got Tulsa favored at 59%. Um, they also opened up as a two and a half point favorite, and it has now shifted to what Vegas Insider is calling a pick'em. Uh, and I think that's kind of where I am too. This was a game that I prefer to play Tulsa at or away. I guess if I have to go an away game, then I'm going to want to have to go to Tulsa instead of um, you know maybe having to travel to Tulane or something like that. Like I like this game instead of that. Uh, in terms of the possibility of, of, of getting that win. Um, but Tulsa is a very interesting team. Tulsa right now is sitting uh, at just two and three. Um, but we were talking about those power rankings. You, someone, I think Scott may have mentioned them earlier. It's tough to figure out a power ranking, I feel like, for the AAC right now. Uh, but yeah. Tulsa has a loss to Michigan State. They did beat you know that lowly San Jose State Spartan program. Uh, they lost to <laughs> Oklahoma State beat Wyoming, I think that was Wyoming's first loss of the year, and then they took SMU into triple overtime last night, which that game had me up a little late trying to watch that, because SMU is undefeated, and SMU's been on the rise under uh, Sonny Dykes, and you gotta wonder, like, well, what's happening on with Tulsa now? Tulsa's able to force that that game into three overtimes, right? Like, as a as an AAC fan in general, I like 
what I see in terms of the the competitiveness, um, but I don't like that Tulsa, who's supposed to be probably the weakest program in the West, uh, mm-hmm. has been able to put together a, a a decent season for a Tulsa program, right? So led by Philip Montgomery, we know they're only two and three, but they're they're favored against Navy here, which Navy is trying to improve off of a three win season. So it's just a very interesting matchup for me. Look, not looking at X and O's, just looking at where these two programs are today. Uh, so it, it, it does intimidate me a little bit. Uh, I think when you look at the X's and O's and what you see what's happening, Tulsa likes to throw the ball 275 yards passing, averaging about 116 yards on the ground, which is almost the complete opposite of what Navy's doing. Um, but they allow lots of yards. They allow almost 400 yards this year. Uh, they're averaging over 224 passing yards allowed through the air and almost 170 yards on the ground. So Hopeful that Navy can kind of get the ground game going and have success that way. And with Navy's defense, I'm hopeful that they can apply some pressure in the passing game from Tulsa because it's not like, you know, Tulsa's shocking anyone with what they have. Like their talent is still um, somewhat limited in terms of what they're able to recruit just in the, the Texas-Oklahoma kind of hotbed of, of college football. I don't think Tulsa's one of the, you know, the programs that people aspire to go to, even though there is a lot of depth talent uh, in the high school level. So curious to you guys as outsiders, do you guys give any respect to Tulsa? Scott, you've mentioned about, you know, talking up the AAC teams. We, we, we talked up ECU, and that wasn't worth anything. And then we talked up Tulane. You're like, hey, maybe that maybe Tulane is a good program. Uh, what are your thoughts as an outsider when you hear Tulsa? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think much of them because I, I just, quite frankly, don't watch a lot of Tulsa football. <laughs> um, Fair. And it's... It's an intriguing. It's an intriguing look into their into their schedule because they have a few Mountain West games on there. Um, teams that I'm familiar with, and they handled San Jose State pretty well, 34-16, which is you know it, it, that's pretty good. And a Wyoming team who's been kind of back and forth. So Wyoming has a Power Five win this year um, over Missouri, and it's like, and then obviously yeah, a close game against SMU, and then a loss to. Uh, the Spartans, and then another Power 5 loss, um, and not so much a close one against Oklahoma State. So, yeah, it's really, it's tough to take a look at them and understand what you're getting. You really just have to take this game at face value and go in there and and play um, just like it is kind of a middle-tier conference matchup. Like, the game matters given that, but it's not going to be the toughest game on your schedule. My biggest concern is because... It was obvious that Malcolm Perry had such an impact um, uh, against Air Force, and he really did put the team on his back when they needed it and was able to get the points for him with his, with his throwing. I mean, if he doesn't throw those two strikes, uh, Navy's, Navy's down not getting those 14 points, really. And if he doesn't, if he's not able to run, um, make those runs in the fourth quarter, then they're not going to win, right? So there, I think there's three different spots we can pick that were huge plays by Malcolm Perry. So I wonder right now, if I'm a Navy fan, what would make me nervous is how much of a toll did the Air Force game take on his body? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Jordan Jackson and Lakota Wills and Mo Fafita weren't able to get to him as much as I predicted they would be able to be, but he definitely took some hard hits, and you could definitely see his arm hurting. So if that goes away, um, it's going to be up to the Navy defense a lot to stop them, and then hopefully just putting something else together um, with the offense and being able to spread the ball around a little bit and make this a team effort versus just like, hey, Malcolm, go out there and just win us the game. Yeah, and that's that's a great point. And I wonder if how Malcolm was feeling in the game against Air Force, let's say he feels that way against Tulsa, right, in a division matchup where you're already behind Memphis, Memphis already has the win. Like, how how does that <laughs> – I'm not in a locker room, I can't speak for anyone, but A, how does your adrenaline change, and B – uh, how does your coaching plan change, right? Like you were, you were do or die with Malcolm Perry to win that game against Air Force. Do you mm-hmm. feel that same way against Tulsa, or is it more like, yeah, you know, let's grind one out here uh, with Perry Olson at quarterback, so Malcolm can get you know healthy for the Tulane game coming up or whatever it might be. Um, so that's that could be an interesting decision. Hopefully, I mean, it's funny because if you talk to Malcolm Perry about his injury, I think this was even asked in the post game press conference. He's always like, "Oh, I'm good now. I'm good." You know, yeah. but you're like, man, every time you get hit, like. We can tell it's hurting you, right? Like you're not 100. percent Yeah. So, um, bring up a good point for two, or for sure. Kayla, uh, you have any thoughts on this matchup? Um, yeah, I would say you know similar to Scott, I don't watch too much Tulsa football. But on the other half of that, you know, we take away um, Perry's, um, you know, kind of arm and you know passing game. But I have to forget Diego 
Bogo and Paul Crothers, they had really good, you know, they had a really good weekend. Um, they both totaled 12 tackles each, and Carruthers, that was his first career start. So I think on the other half of that, if I'm hoping that we also see um, even more of a kind of an appearance and showing from this Navy defense um, who's able to kind of stop a, a pretty favorable, passing favorable, you know, uh, Tulsa team. And, you know, maybe that'll be something that we can kind of look forward to see and continue to develop um, whether or not we see Olsen um, kind of starting and actually, like, playing and not just, like, out for, like, half a play and then coming back in because that was definitely confusing to watch um, over the weekend. But, you know, I, st- I, still, fav- I still favor Navy um, pending, you know, all the – everything points in the same direction for, you know, the team kind of doing what they did this weekend, uh, last weekend, this upcoming weekend, right, which would be, like, the ideal thing, um, the ideal thing to happen. Yeah, uh- and I think when you when you look at Tulsa, they have improved on the defensive side of the ball for sure. I mean, they've improved, I would say, from both. If you look at 2017, they were two and ten. 2018, three and nine. So you're already sitting at two and three. I'm pretty sure a Tulsa fan would be like, "Hey, I'll take that with a couple losses to some Power Five programs and taking undefeated SMU in a triple overtime." Like you've got to like where you are uh, if you're a, a Tulsa uh, Golden Hurricane. Um, but I think the defense where they've improved is more so in the passing game. So I think Navy has a chance to really get going offensively, running the ball. Uh, and I do like what Navy's done, obviously, defensively this year in terms of causing disruption, which I think might play into their advantage in not letting Tulsa get uh, uh, kind of firing all cylinders that like that they want to do. I think I've used that cliche or that. What do you say? What is that called? When you use it? What is that? Firing all cylinders? What a literature term um, is that? A, a literary euphemism? term? Euphemism? Cliche. Yeah, cliche for sure. No, that's no, oh, no. cliche is a better word. Whatever. My point, <laughs> I think I've said that twice now, which is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I do think maybe I like the matchup there, so I can see why the line shifted. Uh, I'm still kind of surprised the FPI has Tulsa winning. They probably get a home field advantage in there. I think also they only update the FPI once a week, so I don't know what day of the week they do that. Uh, who knows? Um, but Tulsa, just a weird team, just a hard team to understand. Can they win? Absolutely. Could Navy crush them by 20? They could. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a struggling identity. Even if you look when Phil Montgomery was there as the coach, 2015, 6 and 7. 27, or 2016, 10 and 3. You're like, man, this, he's turning this thing around. And then boom, 2 and 10, then 3 and 9. So I, I don't know what to get from this guy. I don't know what to get from this program. Uh, I'm hopeful that. Uh, if I have answers on on Saturday, it's uh, in favor of a of a comfortable win from from Navy. But we'll see how Malcolm Perry uh, how healthy he is. Um, all right, I don't know if we did this on the Air Force Fresno. I forget. So we said for Army Western Kentucky, we all liked Army to win. Uh, we had three votes for a win. Air Force Fresno. Who do we have winning that? Kayla, you go first. Um. Hmm. No pressure. And I've been thinking more because I've been wrong so often. <laughs> Scott's like, please <laughs> Except... say Fresno. That's what Scott wants you to say. <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna say Air Force because I hope I really hope that they can get, can get back after this weekend. <laughs> All right, Scott. I can't pick a bugger this season, <laughs> um, but I will pick Air Force for just like money line. Okay. Yeah, I got I have Air Force as well on the money line. I don't know. Minus four, I'd probably still take Air Force once it gets closer to that touchdown where it opened. I don't know. Um, so Navy Tulsa. Uh, Scott, you go with our first pick. Navy Tulsa. Yeah, I, I think I still like Navy. Like I said, just because what we saw, um, I think it could be a little damaging if Malcolm Perry comes in and isn't 100%. But I, I think there's some guys who can pick up the slack in, in that situation. Even if Malcolm Perry like, – I, I don't think it would be good if Olsen played at quarterback and started the game, but I think Malcolm Perry gets in, but you let um, the running backs pick up a little bit of the slack. Mm-hmm. I can get down with that. Kayla? Uh, same. I've, I've got Navy out for this weekend. All right, man. So we are pretty boring bunch. We've got a 3-0 for Army, 3-0 Air Force, and 3-0 for Navy. Um, I, I think when you look at this, though, we all say that, but I think all of us can agree these are games that Western Kentucky, Fresno, or Tulsa could still very well win, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So definitely a good matchup for uh, for football this weekend for the AU family. Uh, we we the last thing I want to talk about is something that we talked about maybe two weeks ago, but we actually never put into action. I don't know if you guys can recall this, and this is kind of catching you guys off guard. Power ranking. Um, I don't want to steal the show uh, from our from our buddy Price over at Yards and Stripes. If you don't listen to his podcast, you need to check it out. Price Axon does a great job, has awesome guests, uh, really talks about Army, Navy, and Air Force football. Um, he power ranks every single week, so I'm curious to what he's going to have this week. But I'm also curious to 
what the three or what the two of you all have for this week, and I'll throw in my own um, for a power ranking of Army, Navy, and Air Force football. Um, since I think 2018 ended in Army's favor, easily Army 1, Air Force 2, Navy 3, I think we'd all comfortably agree with that. I'm going to let Kayla start first, uh, doing the honors as the Army representative of what you think the power ranking is between all three service academy football teams today. Uh, um, oh, Jesus. Okay. See, I, so this is raw. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Unless Scott knows um, what he wants right away, or I can give mine. Yeah, I mean, I I can give right, I can we'll jump in. Okay, okay go Scott, ahead, Scott. So you know, whenever I get these kinds of questions, I always like to overanalyze what it means and like what kind of things we can consider. You mean you so, mean any questions? I mean, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, no, you're you're right. Um, so it's kind of like I, I want to ask you now, like, what what does this mean? Does this mean if Air Force and Navy <laughs> were to go insane. back and play, play nine oh, more times? No, right that? now, uh, with all the information that we have. No, make it whatever you want, Scott. We can just edit this part. All right, all right. It. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'll go. I I gotta go. Air Force by a slim margin. Navy and and then Army. And that's not a Homer thing. I'm just talking about overall skill. So you got Air Force number one in the power rankings. Even with a loss, okay. yeah. And even with my frustration. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun to talk about on uh, the Twitter machine. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll go with my opposite because I have Navy, then I've got Army and Air Force. What? Yeah. Ludicrous. <laughs> I knew I, was leave, I I can I can stomach uh, Navy, Air Force, and then Army, but Army. I knew I was going to get a reaction from Scott Adams. I think Army's way below those two. Man, it's a, I slim, don't talk. a slim margin. I don't even. I don't even want to. I don't even give my thoughts. So it's funny. It's funny because we all think about this in a different way. I think that's the challenge. Um, I think because here's where I could argue that Army is at number one, but also I understand your point, Scott, and saying they're number three or whatever. Army's, to me, is still they retain the Commander-in-Chief's trophy and mm -hmm. they beat Navy and Air Force last year, but that means nothing for this year. I get that, but uh, they haven't necessarily looked the strongest of the three teams, but you could argue because of that, it's first until they lose it. You could say that. Um, but, oh, man. I, you know, it's funny. I wrestle with saying, because of my two different ways of thinking about it, Army, Navy, Air Force, which Scott would judge me on, or Navy, Air Force, Army, which is a similar way to what Scott thinks, except I give Navy the edge because they won. Um, so yeah. those are the kind of the two I wrestle with, which are two completely different trains of thought. You know what I mean? Well, I think the thing is, is that if you look at each team, what, when they say how they're going to play the game and like what they're going to do and what their goals are, I think Navy, it's kind of like, hey, we're in a rebuilding year a little bit um, coming off of a bad season, but Mal it's Malcolm Perry's team and we're going to give it to them. They're living up to that. I think Air Force is saying, we have fantastic players across the board um, and we're going to kind of let them go out and be ballers. And you're seeing that even with the loss yesterday and then the heartbreaking loss uh, against Boise State. Army, it came out with all of their plans. We're going to play the fundamental, hard-nosed version brand of football, and they are just not doing it at all, even with the even with their record right now. Yeah, I mean, but we have said that. But even talking about like, you know, going, you know, comparing this Tulane game, was it really a Tulane is just a you know an awesome, more improved team, or Army is just playing its game of football and it's consistent, but it's not as it doesn't match up when you're comparing how other teams are improving. So. I mean, but it's not. Look at the stat lines. That's why I said no, of their goals that Jeff Munkin has always touted of um, conversions, possession, no turnovers, and being disciplined. All four of those were a loss this weekend. They couldn't even get one of them. So that's, that's valid. why. Mm. Hey, uh, my last question before we depart, and this is at Scott: Is Donald Hammond still your starter this week? Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he is. I, mean, I think so too. I agree. Yeah, I'm just. I, I just can't get inside the head of Troy. Inside of Troy Calhoun's head, so I don't know the answer. But um, I think yeah. I don't think we'll see a change there either. I don't think that's the reaction that's going to occur. So I don't think so. All right. Well, good discussion tonight. Um, appreciate y'all. Wish Justin could have joined us. Uh, curious to his takes on some of this. He probably would have been um, even more pro Navy than I was. I think I handled it as neutral as possible. Um, but uh, I appreciate it. My heart. <laughs> I think Justin would have probably 
touted a little bit more, but uh, we'll let him mention that uh, offline. Anyway, um, exciting week up ahead, though, still. Army Western Kentucky, Air Force Fresno State, and Navy Tulsa. Three uh, three decent games on the AAE slate. Uh, so we're excited and thankful for you all listening. And uh, give us a review on iTunes. That's the quickest way for people to find us, so we'd appreciate that. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Congratulations to the Navy Midshipmen. I no more. Winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Now, the United States, we are-